everybody. Welcome to Save Your Sorry, the podcast where we discuss the rise and fall of your favorite or rather least favorite celebrities. I'm your host, Katrina Rochelle, here with my best friend and fellow co-host, Jose Angel. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? This is a good day. So that's where we'll leave it. <laughs> oh, good day. And today we're going to venture back into the literary world. We haven't covered a literary scandal since episode 31, but as one of my lifelong fantasies to be a, a bookfluencer, I have to start pushing that shit to the front. <laughs> Come on there. Yeah, I just want enough sway in the book scene that I get advanced copies and they give me a one word quote on the front of someone's book. Like, how many times has Stephen King been quoted as saying outstanding or terrifying on a book cover? That could be you. That can be me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But enough of my unrealistic hopes and dreams. Let's get into some scandals that two authors have faced. Oh, no. Oh, no. First up, we'll be talking about author named Susan Meachin. A lot of the information I have for Susan is from an article from the New York Times. So there are a lot of gaps of knowledge that I don't know because almost all other sources reference this article. So I will give the info that I have, but it's just not going to be as flushed out because I don't know if the info is out there. All right. Susan was kind of small in the book world. When she was in the ninth grade, she ended up dropping out and got married. Which, in the ninth grade? Yeah, the ninth grade. Which oh, she is, had to get her parents' permission. How old would this be? Yeah, that's so absurd to me. I know she lived in Tennessee. I don't know if that's the state she got married in. Minimum age was 15 with the parents' consent. Mm, so like Tennessee. <laughs> it does seem like now it would be 16 with the parents' consent, but that is still so young to get married. Yes, and we know some parents ain't all up there. You know, sometimes the lights is on, but ain't nobody home. Or sometimes they're just like, yeah, go. I don't I don't want you in my house. Yeah, I don't, I'll give, uh, somebody want to take you off my hands? All right, bye, bitch. Pack that shit up. Yeah, so whatever the circumstances, she got married really young. And over the years, it seems like she had at least two kids. All right. She says she got into reading romance novels because her husband was a long-haul truck driver, so she would be alone for long periods of a time. I don't know. Terrence is gone. <laughs> My thighs and, haven't known the touch of a man in a fortnight. Do you like romance novels? <sighs> I don't really want to expose myself, but <laughs> I tend to love a little romance every once in a while but i think i've kind of grown out of that because the verbiage tends to take me out and I, uh, being almost a 30 year old woman if i read a certain sentence and it's too corny i'll be like okay yeah, yeah, let's get the fuck up on out there there is a lot of corniness to it to romance novels corny and horny <laughs> <laughs> so she would read romance novels usually one novel a day sometimes more and she started getting into this online book community. Oh, she was cheating. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't speak for all book communities out there and for everyone's experience, but in my experience, I have found a lot of people in the book communities as kind of gatekeeping and snobby. I did it. Sometimes for good reason, though. Yeah, I used to love to gatekeep and, you know, say my indie book is way better than yours, but at some point, it's just like, let people enjoy what they want to read and how they want to read because, you know, there's always that argument kind of of 
if it's a physical book or an ebook or an audio book, like, oh, that's not really reading. Yeah, calm the fuck down, bitch. I'm getting my letters in just like everybody. Is. Yeah, I- I'm getting the story just the same way you are. So there is a lot of discourse and petty drama that I see in book communities. And I bring this up because Susan, she felt the community was very toxic. She was in a subgenre inside a book community for self-published romance writers. Mm. And this community is referred to as Romance Landia. And she said, well, at first this community was an escape from reality and a break from everyday life. It soon started to feel like quicksand. Over the years, she does end up self-publishing 14 novels. Damn. I believe mainly she's advertising that on Facebook. And okay. she's you know using that to have an online presence. Like a Facebook, like a romance page, not her not her regular page. Like, hey everybody wrote a book. Nasty nasty. <laughs> From what I could see, she did keep the two separate. So I think it was like just about her books on that page. Fourteen is a lot. She must have really loved it because something telling me you ain't making bank on this. She says the writing and social media kind of triggered her. She had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and writing put her in a manic state. Mm. Her husband says that she had periods of psychosis and mania. And sometimes she would be talking like one of her characters she was writing about and almost becoming that character. Okay. She would get into arguments online on fan pages and these arguments would really upset her like i don't think she left it online she would like really let it affect her and she admits she knew she could just log off and she wanted to several times but then she would get a ping on her phone and just get sucked back into it and she says it was like an addiction i was gonna say so this is her doing because i mean yes if the community is toxic i i can understand that but if you diving into the toxicity pool, what am I supposed to do? Bitch, I'm, I'm trying to fish you out, but you jumping back in. Yeah, it does seem like she has... It's messing up her mental health. She definitely needed to take a step away. On September of 2020, she wrote on Facebook, Every day it got to the point I'd rather be dead than to deal with the industry and people who swear they are friends. I've oh. had some dog-eat-dog jobs in my life, but this one is by far the most vicious. With the least amount of money. So, like you were saying, she's not making money. Okay. In this case, oh, I don't like sounding like these people. But in this case, get the fuck off the goddamn phone and the computer. I agree. I don't, I don't understand. You're a self-published author. You're doing this mostly, I'm, I'm gathering, for the love of the craft. It's not making you happy anymore. It is tearing you down mentally and physically, wearing on you on and off the internet. When are you going to take some responsibility and and, and put, put the phone down? Because, yes, there are a lot of toxic communities, a lot of toxic jobs, um, interactions, all that stuff. But if you engage in it, at one point, you cannot 100% claim to be a victim is what I'm saying. Not saying you couldn't be a victim of bullying, of targeted behavior, but you got to also take stock of what you're doing. Very well said. Also, you know, this is Facebook. She can get a mod to control that page. Like, I I get she has to have money. Yeah. But I'm sure there's a fan or two out there that would want a mod for her. Mm -hmm. Or if you really want somebody to really strictly look over it, take some of that little bit of money and hire somebody to 
guard your page every couple of hours to remove bad comments or to respond to hate like that. So you are not, you're not in, uh, directly involved. So an online friend of Susan's named Kimberly Drill says that some online friends tried reaching out to her when she made statements like the one I just read, but mm-hmm. there was little that they could do and they would try to ease her or calm her down, but it really wouldn't work. She mm-hmm. thought that Susan was becoming chaotic and that every problem that surfaced, Susan seemed to be in the middle of it and was always the victim. Okay. She goes on to say that she thought Susan was mostly frustrated because the books aren't really making money. And like we said, the books at that you know self-publishing thing, they don't make that much money. You kind of have to do it for the love of the game if you're self-published. Or put some real, real money, which I know some people don't have, but you really got to put yourself out there as far as marketing and selling your, your items, which... You can't just do that on Facebook if you don't have the audience. If you don't have the audience to carry you, you got to branch out. That's another thing you got to take responsibility for. Susan's husband, Troy, also claims that she would send some of her writings to other authors. And the response she would get would be really brutal. I don't know if they were just criticizing her work, but it just wasn't working for her. He said it got so bad that he worried about leaving her home alone by herself because it was getting too dangerous. And this is a quote that he said about the community and how it was affecting her, comparing it to a whirlpool. She was going round and round, and the bottom was just right there. Susan's daughter said on August of 2020, the concern for Susan became so bad that someone called the police because they felt like Susan was going to harm herself. And sadly, on September 10th, Susan was home alone since her husband was away for work. Susan's daughter would go check on her. And when she got there, she found Susan unresponsive and not cognitive. I I felt like it was going to happen, but I kind of still didn't expect it. (sighs) She describes her mother's body as being limp, and they discovered she had taken a large dose of Xanax. The daughter would then announce on Susan's Facebook that she, she had passed on, and she posted, Author Susan Meacham has left the world behind Tuesday night for bitter and better things. Please leave us alone. We have no desire in this messed up industry. Then on October 23rd, the daughter would also post, Sorry, thought everyone on this page knew my mom passed away. Dead people don't post on social media. I think the last part might be responding to why Susan was no longer active online. Mm. And this makes the community sort of rally around Susan's page. One author named Cy Marie Johnson wrote, Susan, I will never, ever forget how kind you were to me. I only wish you would have known. I would have talked you through the night. I'd have defended you against your bullies. I would do everything I can to make a difference so your death is not in vain. Cy would also offer to edit Susan's last unreleased book for free, and money was raised for her funeral. And it's not all kumbaya inside this community. There's finger pointing of who are these mean girls in this community? Who contributed to Susan's death? Mm -hmm. One author named Samantha Cole claims she was harassed by another author saying the other author loved to create drama, and the other author is saying that Samantha drove Susan to suicide. And Samantha was heartbroken after these allegations, saying she was friends with Susan, but it had been months since she had last talked to Susan, and she did feel bad that she wasn't there to help her. Mm. And all this drama also causes a lot of members to leave the community. Susan's daughter and other mods would post here and there, pretty much just promoting Susan's work. But after a while, the books really aren't selling again. 
Then on January 2nd, 2023, a post was made that said this. I debated on how to do this a million times and still not sure if it's right or not. There's going to be tons of questions and a lot of people leaving the group, I guess. But my family did what they thought was best for me and I, taught, and I can't fault them for it. I almost died again at my own hand and they had to go through all that hell again. Returning to ward doesn't matter much, but I am in a good place now and I'm hoping to write again. Let the fun begin. And it's Susan. It is Susan. Oh, brother. I I mean, I was going to defend my point, but it was going to be hard. But thank you, Susan, for making it easier. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? What's wrong with your daughter and your husband? I knew, Here's the thing. I, I, I wanted to be like Whitney Houston. Where are the fucking receipts? Where are the receipts? Y'all talking about finger pointing. This person is a mean girl. This person hindered her love of writing. This person wasn't around. Not a, where is the interactions of bullying and hate? Where is that shit? Y'all just talking about not supporting her and this and that. But I'm like, who was doing what? And how come it got it couldn't get exposed when she quote unquote died? Because ain't nobody doing nothing to Susan. Susan is inserting herself into the drama so much so that she had an elaborate plan to kill herself and then lie about it to help up uh help her popularity with the books still didn't fucking work so now she's tired of being anonymous now she wants to get back on the internet now she's tired of being dead let me write a post resurrecting myself and then make it very light bitch fuck out of here Does any part of you think, okay, she was having like a mental problem and she had to step away? I, girl, be honest, be be honest, okay? If if that's what it is, they, they faked her death. I don't give a fuck. Fuck all that, girl. Say you need to take some time away. Say that shit's getting really hard and you can't see the forest for the trees. You need to take some time. Tell them that your mental's been off. Ghost these motherfuckers because it don't even matter because apparently they're so bad to you. Do whatever you need to do, Susan. But don't fake kill yourself and then make some posts about being about being dead Involve your daughter or don't, because who knows who was involved, because you're not dead. And then let the whole community dissolve into chaos to defend your lying ass. So, no, I do not care if she needed some help, because that's not what you illustrated. You illustrated your death. So, fuck you, bruh. It yeah. ain't about I, a mental health if you can't say that. It was about something else, because you tried <laughs> you killed yourself on the internet. And that's how most people in this community are feeling as well. At first, the post doesn't get a lot of attention, but then people realize her death was a hoax. Susan claims while she was hospitalized for an attempted suicide, her daughter made the post, having been told to do so by Susan's husband. This is debated on who posted the post announcing her death. When Samantha Cole found out she messaged Susan and says she felt tricked, she says... I was horrified, stunned, livid, and felt like I'd been kicked in the gut and chest at the same time. She messaged Susan on Facebook and said, what's going on? Which Susan replied, nothing. I simply want my life back. 
my family was in a bad place and did what they thought was best for me. And Samantha is flabbergasted. She's telling her how it was wrong to say she died and to manipulate her friends and fans that way. And how Samantha carried that guilt of not reaching out more and how she faced harassment for people saying that she was the one that bullied Susan. And both Samantha and Susan have said that Samantha did not bully Susan. Yeah, but Uh, who cares what a dead woman says? (laughs) Samantha also asked if Susan's daughter is the one who was posting about Susan being bullied. And Samantha points out that most of those posts have been deleted and asked Susan if it was her daughter or Susan herself who posted about the death and questions if she even has a daughter. And Susan doesn't really answer, just confirms that she does have a daughter and a son. Bitch ain't got no children. She a liar. I got no husband either. All this bitch is a real writer. And in the New York Times article, it does say they talked to the daughter, but she did not want to be named. Yeah, because she don't exist. (laughs) This is a paid actor. That yeah, it didn't. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, no, I I don't. I, I now that the scheme has been laid out, I thought it was weird how you ended that one post. Dead people don't post. What? Even if she was explaining something, who's who speaks of their mother's death like that? It, I thought that was weird too. <laughs> and, and then it's the whole situation of you. You allegedly attempted to take your life. You and your family were in a bad space for a few years and y'all had the hindsight to post in the group and and promote the books in the group as a dead woman or celebrating a dead woman. But you're you're promoting these books, trying to celebrate this dead woman who was bullied on the internet. You're trying to sell her books. But when you're seeing the accusations flying of who bullied her and who said these all things, said these things and did this, and you see one of your friends going down for this, or you're seeing fingers being pointed, and in none of those three years, you ever reach out, you ever dispel the rumors, simply you just come back and delete the post and then later say, oh no, that she she's cool. She didn't do nothing to me. And she ended her revival post with let the funds be let the, let the fun begin. Yeah, girl, this was a hoax. It was a bad one. I'm glad your books didn't sell while you were really alive. And I'm glad that they didn't really sell that much when you was fake dead. Cause obviously you somebody knew that you really didn't deserve no book sales. <laughs> they knew you was gonna do something drastic and stupid, and they just knew not to give you no success. I wish you knew to do that to a whole bunch of other people, but it really got her. I, girl, <laughs> I knew something was weird with her when you kept saying she is breaking down mentally, but she can't get off the damn phone. I knew something was wrong with her. So Samantha and Susan go back and forth, and Samantha has released all those messages. And she's telling Susan what she did is horrible, and she has lost friends to suicide, and questions if she if Susan did all this just to sell more books. She Susan- did. And even if she didn't, who cares? Because now, bitch, you have no credibility. Yeah, I kind of feel like she did, too. Just because, why not delete the page? If, Like, why announce her death instead of just deleting the page? Yeah, girl. And when you come back, you still can't take responsibility. You're still putting it on. 
well, my husband and my my daughter thought it was the best thing to do to somehow know my password to my account and um and and say that I was dead and then promote this and all that and then hey I'm back I'm in a better space now. Well, that's pretty much what Susan responds with. She says she has no control over what her family did because she was in the hospital fighting for her life for but, years. But she understands why her family did it. And you never said anything, bitch, please. Susan also claims that her books weren't selling anyways and that she stayed silent while she worked with the psychiatrists and therapists until she was in a better place. Uh, Cy Marie Johnson says she filed a report with Cybercrimes Unit of the FBI saying that Susan doesn't seem apologetic and she's trying to place the blame on others. Susan says she was questioned by police, but she does not believe there will be pressing charges. She offered to show detectives access to her bank account to prove she she did not receive substantial donations. I do want to say I find it interesting that it's phrased as substantial donations. My theory is that it's saying that she did receive some donations, but maybe not large enough amount that she would be charged for it. Yeah, you received money. You received support. Also, how long are these bank statements going to go back, bitch? You could just be selecting a particular time period that was dry for you. We don't know what and how much you did receive, number one. And then number two, what's your definition of substantial? And I could, she could be like, substantial is 10000 because she was getting thousands of dollars. But nobody gave her one big, huge one like that. Like people love to hide behind names or vague uh, numerical order. I mean, words that don't give a numerical value. And this is just speculation here. But I did see somewhere that it said the donations were sent to her daughter. So it wouldn't even be in Susan's bank account. It would be in her daughter's. Like that bitch up too. So here's a, all up. <laughs> here's a quote from Susan. I'm sorry for their mourning, but from a legal standpoint, I did nothing wrong. Morally, I might have done something wrong, but legally, there's nothing wrong. AKA, this plan was a long time in the making. Bitch, I made sure that I was within my legal rights to fake my death because you bitches could not peel off a couple of 20s to bodies books. And I was getting mad and mad. So I had to kill myself on the internet so you could buy a bitch a book a couple times. And now that I'm tired of being dead and I want to be back on the internet, you know, I want to share memes and shit too. Big Sue's back in the house. <laughs> so now that I'm here, yeah, it was a little morally cloudy, but bitch, I didn't do anything against the law. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it sounds like a well executed plan. Exactly. She, I mean, the thing is that you can never, in, in my eyes, you. I mean, you can't claim um, problems with your mental health, health, and uh, stuff that is getting hard, but sympathy out of me oh it's never happening again i don't care what you're going through you faked your death you you tried you swindled donations and support from people i don't care what you're going through in the future you fucked up big time (laughs) a former editor for susan casey hill said she thought there was red flags the whole time one susan had previously told her that she was planning to leave writing before the announcement of her fake death 
Also, she couldn't find anything about her death online. And the posts that no were, obituary. Yeah, no obituary. The posts that were being posted onto Susan's Facebook after her fake death had the same writing style and even misspelled the word supposed the same way that Susan always misspelled it. This and, bitch is a writer and she keeps misspelling suppose. Pack her up. That's why nobody was buying. You couldn't spell. And well, she didn't have an editor. A editor can't teach you <laughs> how to finally spell the word suppose right. She was not a writer. This bitch was a grifter from the start. I don't feel bad for her. I don't even Susan- know a good Susan. Susan had gone under a different name, TN Steele, and was one of the new mods on her page the whole time that Susan was quote unquote <laughs> dead. She was watching it go down. I hate her. I hate her. And her last book that came out was being pushed as the last book Susan wrote before her death. And many people think this was just to push sales. Mm. Also, the fact that the post ended with let the fun begin definitely rub people the wrong way, especially the ones online that considered her a friend. I'm going to join Facebook again just for her. (laughs) Give me her page link so I can just put fraud in all the synonyms as her comments. Just call her a scammer all day. That's that's trash. I'm terrible. I'm going to say she want to get bullied. Just wait. (laughs) I'm sure her bully. She want to get bullied. Just you fucking wait. (laughs) No, no. I I really wouldn't do that. I'm talking shit. But, ugh. When I first heard the story, I was like, that's so crazy. I mean, this is what some people do who are just unhinged. Like, they just really feel entitled to any and everything. Like, oh, I've... I've put my blood, sweat, and tears into this, and everybody should be paying me attention and paying me money. But so many people put a lot of energy and time into what they do, and they do not get back half of what they put in. As sometimes it's just an unfortunate facet of life, but you don't get to take advantage of people's sympathy and empathy and their their trauma and their past by killing yourselves on the internet to gain attention and notoriety and clout for your funky, nasty-ass, horny, corny-ass romantic novels. I'm sorry they're not selling. But the fact that they still didn't sell that well in your death tells me you were a shitty writer. So (laughs) many people after they die, quote-unquote, their sales go up because, oh, they're like, oh, my gosh, look at this treasure that we fucking missed. Look at this diamond in the rough we didn't pay attention to. It's it's a shame they didn't get their flowers while they were here, but at least let's honor them and and their writing now. They couldn't do that because it was shitty. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. I mean, Susan had to learn the hard way that life or death people just don't want to read her books. Girl, you better go back to being TM still and get your ass off the internet. Because you are, she's not going to have a better time of it. I mean, she might, but I don't think so. That's, I was, you know, playing the devil's advocate with myself saying, well, maybe it is like mental health and she had to step away and this is the only way she knew how to do it or something. But seeing that she was a mod on the page the whole time mm-hmm. after her death, it's like, it was never about stepping away. Mm, it's, I want to watch what happens. I want to be right in the middle of it. She was probably saying, 
man, y'all, y'all like y'all don't care that Susan's dead. Oh my goodness, if she posted that, that would have been hilarious. Jesus, how, how dare y'all really ain't been talking about Susan? Did y'all ever really like her? Just waiting. She's gonna post like, "Tell me your best memory of Susan." Exactly. So, who? What's your favorite book? <laughs> how is Susan's writing better than yours? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So next up, we'll be talking about Delia Owens. Delia is the author of a 2008 fiction book, "Where the Crawdads Sing." Are you familiar with this book? No, I ain't never heard a crawdad sing in my life. <laughs> I have never personally read it, but it was everywhere. And it was Delia's first fictional book, but she did have some non-fiction books out there. Mm-hmm. The book was released August 14, 2018. And in September of that year, it was named a Reese Witherspoon's Book Club book. It was also named Barnes & Noble's Best Book of 2018. By 2019, 4.5 million copies were sold, and it currently sits at having sold over 18 million copies. And there was also a film adaption released on July 15, 2022. And the story surrounding Delia Owens has been out there for a while, but it wasn't around her being a fiction author. But when the movie was coming out, it all resurfaced. All right. So when Delia was 24 and her husband, Mark Owens, was 29, they went to Africa to study large mammals. Specifically, at first, it was hyenas and lions. Hyena, Mufasa, Mufasa. <laughs> So they are conservationists, conservationalists. How do you say that? Like that? I think you sounded it correctly. Yeah, let's go with that. I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, very much like Jane Goodall or Diane Fossey, who studied the chimps and gorillas, respectively. And they would just observe them while writing every small little detail. And they would release a book called Cry of the Kalahari in 1984. And there is some criticism on how they speak on the locals and their books, but that could be because of the time. A little, little bias and racism, you know. Mm, ignorance. Yeah. yeah. So while Delia studied the animals on the ground, Mark would use a plane to fly over and watch their migration patterns. There was more to it, but just so we're not here all day, that's a short summary. <laughs> they would make sure that they would also talk look at the, the dirt and how it would rise and all the other stuff and their insects and all that. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. One day while flying over, Mark notices a bunch of wildebeest and decides to see where they're going. And he sees a large fence that has been constructed by the Botswana government in an effort to stop the spread of foot and mouth disease in the country's cattle. The fence has it set up that the poachers knew where to wait and kill the wildebeest. And Mark and Delia are outraged and try to get the government to do something about it, but it falls upon deaf ears. So they go more public about it, talk, taking it to the world. And the government really didn't like that. And Mark and Delia are given a meeting where they're told they need to leave Botswana. <laughs> they get the fuck up on out of here. Or you ain't leaving. <laughs> That's how I pictured the meeting. Jesus <laughs> Christ. The president of Botswana at the time said, if you cannot operate within the bounds of government, whom you are a guest of in this country to work these issues out, then work elsewhere. Gives them, he tells them, you don't leave. And apparently Botswana sends a lot of beef to Europe and felt like this was bad for business. So Mark 
and Delia had to go somewhere else. They relocate to Zambia in 1986, and they go to a national park and settle in. A few days later, they realize they have not seen any elephants, and soon quickly discover the area they are at has high activity in poachers. Around this time, poaching of elephants had really took off in Africa. In 1979, there was about 1,300,000 elephants, and 10 years later, the number had dropped by half. Yep, people just love going to Africa and just fucking up everything there, honestly. Can't yeah. Africa have shit, honestly. You fuck up their wildlife, you fuck up their animals, their ecosystems, the, the, their, uh, their land in which they try to build communities and houses and shit like that. You, you, you send other people in there to fuck it up and you... so by the late 80s some countries like kenya had a shoot to kill policy on poachers zambia was not one of them and i do want to say while there was hunting by the local people this wasn't a really that big of a problem until the commercial poachers came because of the increase in demand of ivory from asia Yep, they were hunting for survival. The, the other people were hunting for wealth. Yes, exactly. So, you know, if they're hunting an elephant for whatever reason, they're not going to go out there and kill hundreds of elephants they, like these poachers are. They still want the ecosystem to be sustained. They still want it to flow the way it is. They just need the meat and other stuff. But yeah, they're not killing off a, a ton of them at one time, unable to reproduce. And then leaving the area barren. And some of the local people are turning to poaching because, you know, it's a job. It's an income. Yeah, they see how lucrative it is. And they're like, well, shit, if they're going to do it, we got to do it, too. These poachers carried AK-47s and were in large groups. And they were killing rhinos and elephants. Damn. And nearby villages, Mark and Delia would hand out soccer balls to kids with an elephant drawn on it. They also raised money in the United States, built a small network of grinding mills, fish ponds, and sunflower oil presses, with the goal of being if they provided people with jobs, it would slow down the poaching. And there are scouts at this national park to do the patrols, but soon Mark would also go on patrols on his plane. Delia was concerned that this would make them a target, and while they would encourage and give equipment to the scouts, she didn't want to be personally involved in dealing with the poachers. She was having flashbacks of Botswana. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't want to get told to leave another country. So Mark was like, nah, I'm going to get involved. And he also would give an extra month pay to any scout who captured five poachers a month. And he was able to do this with the donations of people in the U.S. So some poachers put a target on Mark and Delia, and there were rumors that they were coming to assassinate them for ruining their business. God damn! After more elephants are killed close to the national park, Mark advances his efforts against the poachers. He would fly low at night looking for meat-drying racks and try to scare the poachers off. Then he started to use a shotgun to shoot at the poachers. It was filled with special shells, so it only shot fireworks, but (laughs) it was enough to scare some off. And he claims the poachers would shoot at his plane with their guns, their AK-47. Yeah, you gotta be careful about the return fire situation. You only got fireworks. But yeah. oh shit! Hey, if you want to fight for them elephants, hey, I ain't mad at that. But damn, they're trying to assassinate you. So Delia is scared. She thinks Mark is going to die, and she feels like it wouldn't even change anything. 
and she didn't want to live that way and die for nothing. I feel you. She also feels like Mark might have crossed the line by being personally involved. So she leaves and sets up somewhere else four hours away. And she said, we have to take some time away from each other. Um, You've decided to get a little bit more towards the violent securing of these elephants where I am still on the nonviolent side. I, I think she was okay with the violence. She just did not want them doing it. Oh, she said, nigga, you want to die, you can die, but I ain't dying. <laughs> yeah, that's where the vibe. <laughs> okay, I feel you. They would eventually make up and Delia would come back. In 1994, ABC reaches out to film them on March 30th, 1996. An hour-long show called Deadly Game, the Mark and Delia Owen story airs. Diane Sawyer and Barbara Walters were the anchors. Meredith Vieira was the chief correspondent, and she also appears in the program. Okay, all come on, all the women. Yeah, I was like, it's all these reporters, big names. Mm-hmm. And the program talks about poachers and trying to get more money and the strain it has put on their on the Owens's marriage. It also suggests that sometimes poachers are killed by scouts and vice versa. And Mark is seen leading firearm training and telling the scouts if they see a poacher in a national park with a firearm. You kill them before he kills you. Then a segment comes on Meredith saying, we were allowed to accompany patrols in Zambia after we agreed not to identify those involved should a shooting occur. Uh. On this mission, we would witness the ultimate price paid by a suspected poacher. So it shows them find someone's camp that has shotgun shells. Then the person comes back. And the camera starts rolling once one shot had already been fired at a man. And he's on the ground moving, so it seems like he was injured, but not killed. Okay. Then three more shots would happen. Oh, shit. But it shows the man on the ground, not who the shooter is. Oh, shit. Mark and Delia would soon leave Zambia after the specials aired, because now they are to be questioned by the Zambian police. It is said that Mark had talked about killing other poachers, but that has not been confirmed. There is a letter marked facts to someone talking about killing poachers, but he would later claim that was an exaggeration. And there's reports of Mark directing the scouts working at the park to tie poachers to, to a tree with, you know, the sun on them to let them bake or to give them a beating. This is one of those things where <clears throat> somebody um, gets too involved in the cause. Somebody doesn't know when to pull back. Somebody uses a good cause to to escalate things further than maybe what they need to be, depending on the situation. Because mm. I get it. They're poachers, but why you got all this these special kill techniques and tactics for them? I thought we were supposed to be just saving the elephants. It seems like now you want to just to- to- uh, torture poachers. Yeah, I guess. Tell poach. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the only thing I could think of is maybe like to send a message. Okay. All right. But then also, bitch, don't say it's too hot in the kitchen now and try to leave. If your tactics were your tactics and you stand by them and... It is what it is. Why are you trying to leave now? Because you're getting questioned. Now nobody can question you. If it's in the right, if it's within the legal confines, why are you leaving? Why are you packing up your shotguns and your fireworks? (laughs) 
So Mark, through his lawyer, has denied this, saying there was no beating. And while Stalks would tie poaches to a tree, sometimes it was only for a few minutes and in the shade. Which I don't believe that. (laughs) (laughs) We made sure we got the shade. (laughs) Just pissing on us, telling us it's raining. Hey, we ran into some poachers. You know, people killing elephants and other wildlife in which we don't want them to do. Yeah, we tied them up just for a few minutes. It was in the shade. We didn't want them to be too messed up. That ain't make no sense. Hey, nigga, get here so I can tie you in the shade real quick. You look like you're getting a little burnt. <laughs> I just want to care for you. We ain't got no sunscreen, so I'm gonna just tie you up in the shade a little bit, give your skin a rest. That don't even make no sense. And to be clear, Zambia is not a shoot to jail country. Exactly. So Mark was just saying, "Hey, they ain't got no shoot to kill uh, laws on the poachers, but that don't mean we can't make up our own." <laughs> <laughs> Because now it ain't shoot to kill, but he said we're going to tie them up. uh, It's called tie and bake. It's a double shot while you're on the ground wounded. Um, It's some beatings. It's it's whatever I can imply at the moment since they don't have shoot to kill. Uh, Mark and Delia are still wanted for questioning. Delia is not to believe to be the shooter, but could be a possible witness, co-conspirator and accessory to a felony crime. The ABC cameraman has said that it was not a scout who was the shooter, and it was not Mark, and it was not Delia, but Christopher Owens. Christopher is the adult son of Mark who also worked there. So when asked why the cameraman did not report the shooting, he said it was above his pay grade. They was going to shoot me if I said something. (laughs) Maybe. There is debate if the person killed was even a poacher. The special yeah, we don't called, fucking know. Yeah, the special called them a trespasser, and some people raise a- eyebrows since he he was alone. You know, these poachers go in big groups. Where's his group? Mm-hmm. And there were shotgun shells found at his camp, not an AK-47. Yeah, now, where was the meat? Did he even do anything yet? Damn, could you imagine killing a poacher before they even poached? Yeah. He has not been identified, and his body was never located. Yeah, they buried that shit. That's crazy that y'all had camera crews and witnesses, and supposedly nobody can identify this person's body. Uh, The body was never found, and y'all can't even say for sure 100% with um, confirmation that this was a hunter or a poacher at all. Y'all can just call him a trespasser because he was probably where he wasn't supposed to be, but that don't mean anything. Yeah, if like if it was a local person, then that's so fucked up. And as we know, some locals worked as poachers, so it's just like you also just you could kill somebody who's a local who could be a poacher. You're just killing locals who who you are giving off the impression that oh they could have been a poacher. Yeah, but. We really don't know if you, because it doesn't, you know, the camera stops when they find the camp and then the dude shot, it starts again. And then there's three more shots. So it's, it's like, what happened? Where was the confrontation? Did they say anything to him or did they just shoot him when they saw him? Yeah. And y'all can't say nothing. And, and y'all are not identifying any of the facts. Y'all are just saying something and we have to take it as your word, but nobody can tell anybody anything for sure. Mark and Delia have both denied any involvement 
and they are now divorced but have not returned to Zambia since. With no named victim and nobody talking about this case, it will probably never reach an ending. Some people say there are parallels in Delia's book where the trial dead seemed and the killing, but I haven't read it and I and it could be a stretch. The similarities I saw it was just like a righteous killing that happened in the book. So I'm like, well, I don't know if that's enough. It's just mm. not like a confession in her book. I don't know how much this would affect her writing career moving forward. And as long as she stays away from Zambia, it does not look like there will be any charges. Yeah, you just forever gotta be, you just gotta look sussed forever. Yeah, it was Don't go to Zambia. Because I think the original article that I was reading, it's this journalist, he always, he's like the only one like reporting on it. And every time it comes up again, he's like the one speaking on it. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, the first article I saw from him was in 2010. And then he did not even connect it that she was like this best-selling author this fiction author now until like someone asked him and he like looked into it and he's like, Oh my God. Yeah. She's, it's the same lady. Uh. But that's our episode of literary scandals. I wanted to do two weird ones today. And surprisingly this time I found a lot more literary scandals. So I'm like, Oh, this episode's long enough. So let me take some out. Yeah. It was, it was weird just because, well, I know how I feel about funky ass Susan. But these people, it's like they really did actually start off good, but then maybe like their methods and just how things went down at that um at that campsite in particular with that shooting just made it really like weird and cloudy and like what the fuck were y'all doing there the whole time? I don't know. I might get shit for this and I don't care. All right. But I do care, but it's just it's just how I feel. If they found poachers and like they knew for a fact they were poachers, I don't really care what they did. Yeah, but obviously through your research and their storytelling, nobody can say for sure because if that's, it was yeah. for sure, then there would be no argument. But that's I, right that's, there is where I'm like, oh, this could be very weird. This could be bad. That's why I think it calls into question their whole positive motives of trying to rid poachers of these areas where it's like you had one intention. And then when you started to put it into action, your plan started to change subtly into the fact of we are just going by how they are how they are in the area and how they're walking and what we're tracking. We're not going to confirm anything. If it seems like it's a poacher, we're going to go attack them. If it seems like somebody who's hunting, we're going to go get them. We're not going to confirm anything. We're not asking any questions. So that's where it's like, yeah, I can't support that. But the original message, the original mission, I'm all for it. But the fact that you can't even submit yourself to questioning shows me that maybe either you're terrified you're going to get railroaded in a different country you're not from. I can understand that. Or you know that something about the operation wasn't 100% right and you don't want to take accountability for that. Yeah, and it's kind of odd that the fingers are being pointed at, I feel like mainly Mark, but the cameraman saying it, it wasn't Mark, it was the son. Yeah, but the cameraman also didn't have any balls to say anything any other time. So who the fuck cares what the cameraman said? You couldn't say anything 
when it happened, you didn't say anything for a while. And now you're like, oh, no, it wasn't them. It wasn't them. It was actually the sun. Well, shit, we ain't heard shit about the sun until just now. And you didn't want to even speak up until just now. You were fine being a, a bystander letting all this happen. So go back to your pay grade and shut the fuck up. <laughs> They're still <laughs> wrong. Either way, they wanted to protect their son. Bitch, no, you're an adult. You got to face the consequences for your actions. So I still don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> I love that. Okay. We will be moving on to our media segment that we like to end the show with to have and with a positive note. And we do a media we want to recommend, talk about yes. shit on. Yes. I have a message from Trisha. Should I read that one first? I'm all for a Trisha message. Have you heard it? No, I never. I'll say <laughs> I'd, I'd never be logged into the email. <laughs> I am never logged into that email. I don't see shit. Okay. Well, I will read it to us. All right. Must be a good one. Not if I've seen it. Um, so it starts with Katrina, 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 and engineer over at Savior Sorry. Okay, engineer. Sharing my media with you all, I wanted to take the time to shit on the podcast over sharing with Colleen and Trish. Ooh. The absolute mind-numbing babble coming through my headphones was excruciating. <laughs> I don't have to tell you guys how terrible Colleen is for the episode last week, but I will take my precious Scorpio time to happily shit on Trisha. The absolute nerve of the most awful Trisha I have ever known has done some pretty ugly things to say the least. Their career is tainted with controversy and the, they pride themselves on being basically a social climber. Mm. Anyone who can call themselves a fan, stan, or even casual listener to them <laughs> is as questionable to me as the planet Pluto. I love that line. Also, everybody does. She's sending shots. To who? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And speaking of things that are not real, I would also like to shit on the TV show Catfish. Catfish gives us some funny moments. I'll give them that. Who wants to be called a fat-ass Kelly Price? But the mere fact that the show was based on a fake-ass Libra, Neve, getting fake-ass love just makes me feel like I already know everything without even having to watch it. Why make a show about it? Oh, because Neve has to be a Libra, because without him and that show, would we even know any Libras? Kim Kardashian. <laughs> Katrina, thank you for letting me share my media on your podcast. Always love Queen Scorpio. Okay, Scorpio, she didn't put her stamp down. I don't know if you kind of picked up on this vibe, but I kind of felt like some of that was directed at me. I don't know. I I felt like it was overall a great positive letter. I did too. Um, I will just respond very quickly with this. To loosely quote Miley Cyrus, we're all in this industry, and we all do interviews, and we all know how they ma- manipulate shit. Trisha, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate you so much. I hate you. <laughs> you fucking laces. Oh, not you doing the shook Molly quotes. <laughs> That was so funny. That was funny. All right. And I 
gotta say, I have Scorpio in my big three. I think it's my sun sign. So it does hurt me to know I have this evil sign within. Oh, it's 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 crazy <laughs> you talking about yourself too. Cause it, if it's your sign, you you included it, in that slander. Uh-huh. It's one of mine. Uh, <laughs> it's one of mine. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was funny. Uh thank you, Trisha. I am thank very you. appreciative of your letter. I felt all the good things. That was I mean, personally, that was great. Stellar letter for me. Oh, congratulations. It was so funny. I can't believe you quoted Miley. I felt like, you know, she said, Miley, what's good? So that's right. That was good, though. Um, The crazy thing about Catfish is that past the second season, y'all deserve it. I I don't like to say that, but y'all deserve it. You guys deserve it. You could, yeah. and the thing is, I don't even care about them story. Okay, because there's like three types of stories on on Catfish. Now, don't quote me on this because I actually haven't watched Catfish since like we left college, like for real, for real. Oh damn! It, it, why would I watch that, Jose? I watched it right when we started this first podcast. Really? Yeah, we did a Neve episode, and that was just because I was like. Binging catfish. So oh like, yeah, I yeah. watch the best moments, but I will never watch a full episode, never ever. But um, there's it's back in the day at least there was three types of catfish episodes. One, the original. I, I'm talking to somebody. I think they're a catfish. They ain't coming to me 100. Okay, that's one way. Two, um, I know this person. They know me. Um, they're far as fuck away, but we want to see each other. We're going to use catfish and act like we are getting catfished by the other so we can meet each other and it all come out at the end of the episode. That's the same. I hate those episodes. And then the third episode is, um, this is so funny. (laughs) I had them listed and I done fucking forgot the third, but basically, um, shit what the fuck was i going to say is the third type maybe revenge ones yeah like um um i'm doing this on purpose and it's going to be revealed Uh, oh it's revenge or i'm a close friend or family member and this will be revealed at the end uh yeah the ones like i was trying to help you or ali price those were the fucking weird ones but anyway those are the three ways that a catfish episode goes so either way eventually it just gets tired so like what are we here for you or no that was the third episode the third episode is this per i think this person is catfishing me and um they're not saying who they think they are and at the end of the episode it actually is who they think it is it's just uh, a circumstantial yeah circumstantial things that just didn't add up and but it ends up adding up at the end those are the three episodes so one of, it, what? One of the newer ones that was like so crazy uh-huh. was there was a catfish and like she was sending nudes she was sending photos so oh, no. it was like how does this person have it and it ended up being like the woman's mom, like the woman was using her daughter's photos. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah. You yeah, would be in jail. Hacked her stuff and like used those. That's but, a mom that don't like her mother. I mean, that's a mo- that's a mother who doesn't like her daughter or wants to live through her daughter. Yeah, I think it was to live through. Um, but the ones with celebrities, like I'm dating a celebrity, like you are beyond delusional. Yeah, and those and base that's what I mean when I say if you're getting catfish, you deserved it. 
if, if something is not actually wrong with you, like uh, maybe you're having issues with cognitive reasoning or, 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 or you're, you're something is uh, going on with you to the point where you're not putting things together. I can understand that because people take advantage of that all the time. But if for all intents and purposes, you are somebody who can f- who functions well in the actual world, in society, and you are getting catfish and you do not end that, but you go further to discover it. Unless you were trying to figure out who the fuck stole all your money from you or stole your identity, bitch, why? Why are you continuing on with this? It's a fake. You know it's a fake. You just need to come to reality. Why do you need a whole bunch of cameras in all of America to see you be, get embarrassed to now have clarity on the situation? Don't I'm do that to sure. yourself. Please don't. I'm pretty sure during a Q&A or something, I forget where I heard it, um, that they said a lot of the episodes of Catfish is actually the catfish coming to producers. And then Saying the I want to come clean. Yeah, and the producers know, but they just don't tell Neve and whoever his co-host is. That's like even they- more embarrassing. These people, the catfish just feel so bad about catfishing. They're like, shit, let me put this to an end. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just, I, I don't, really care for catfish um after we got those like big moments the viral moments we were still in high school college it was entertaining but now you see people's pain as well as you see people's just um just trying to get uh popular on tv and now it's just like so much more obvious you're like bitch i don't want to watch this yeah i think a lot of it is now a lot of people who just want to be popular and a little bit of exploitation. Some of these people I don't think are all the way there. And like you said, they think celebrities are talking to them and you give them all the clues in the world. You put the timeline in their face and they're still saying, no, I think this person is talking to me. That tells me that you know exactly who you're dealing with and you're just using this for TV. You're, you're literally exploiting this person for TV. and You know that they maybe are not all the way there, that they're imagining something that is just not there. They are completely bringing this up from a figment, figment of their imagination. And you're just like, yeah, let's put you on TV and embarrass you for everybody to see. It's definitely taking advantage of people that are lonely and desperate. Yeah. So I'm off my catfish soapbox if, it, if I was on it. Yeah. Let's reel this back in. That's a good one. <laughs> Um, do you want to know what your media first or my media? Mine's a book. <clears throat> Mine is quick and it's um a song. juvenile. So I'll go first because if yours is a book and distinguished, I don't want to go after you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <clears throat> so you know, I'll be on the interwebs, the webs of inter, and I'll be seeing stuff. And um sometimes I hear about things and I'm like, no, nah, that's not real. And then uh Color me surprised when I check it and that shit is as real as possible. So I was watching a couple. Of, I don't even. That's the funny thing. It, it took over my life and I don't even remember where I first saw it. <laughs> I was watching somebody react to something. And uh, they were talking about, have you seen the Nair video? And I was. Oh, like, my fucking God. What? Nair video. Okay. what? They're talking about it. They're laughing. And like. Yeah, showing his ass on YouTube, showing his ass. They did not get specific. I'm like, oh, I got to see this. Um, so I go to my UE tubes and I type in the person who's responsible for all this, uh, Kevin Leonardo. 
And as soon as you click at that time, it, it, it pops right up. Removing butt hairs using Nair Cream, a visual guide. Now, I know people, period, have hairy asses, but I know that men sometimes really do. So I'm thinking a surface level cheek. I'm thinking we're going to see some ash cheek. He's going to put the nair on there and wipe it. But within <laughs> seconds, he says, this is what my butt looks and bam, right into a cornhole you were looking into. It really right is a balloon knot. <laughs> the video starts and then it winks at you. Immediately. <laughs> I said, oh, my God, they were not fucking lying. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Acting like a child. Like, I never <laughs> But I was just flabbergasted that, number one, oh, my God, they weren't lying. Number two, it really is on YouTube. And number three, I am watching this whole guide. I mean, I don't need Nair on my asshole. But damn sure, I now know what to do if I do. And, you know. Did you watch it all? <laughs> did I watch it all? <laughs> did I <laughs> from zero to the end? <laughs> and then and you hit replay. <laughs> it was on autoplay. <laughs> <laughs> but it was crazy to me. Cause it's just I, I just I, I'm chaotic and I like funny things that are not supposed to be funny. So I thought this was hilarious. Um it was apparently still on YouTube because it's quote unquote educational. Uh-huh. Um, I can understand why some people are getting a little hammer butthurt about that. <laughs> but um overall, I just still see it as just hilarious hilariousness. I think it's also so funny how a whole bunch of homophobic people, and I say people because it's not just men. But a whole bunch of homophobic people are told exactly what they're going to be watching, exactly what the video entails. They click on the video and then they do these dramatic reactions of ew, ew, disgust and jumping up and yelling and screaming. Nigga, you looked it up. You wanted to see it. You wanted to see the butthole and the balls and the nair in there. You wanted to see it, and now you mad, and now you talking shit about gay people and YouTube and all this other stuff. When the point point is, is that even if it wasn't on YouTube, it was on a different website. You clicked on it. Y'all tried to make it about the YouTube stuff afterwards, but the truth is that y'all mad y'all was looking at buttholes. And you don't have to be gay to near your butthole. Anyone to do it? Exactly. It's just the fact that this man happens to be gay. Uh huh. But yeah, I just thought it was hilarious. Um, I support Kevin. I support his butthole, Harry <laughs> and or not Harry. And I just thought it was hilarious. And it captured um, the hearts of America. And I haven't stopped seeing it. So every reaction I see, I watch because it's so funny. Because like you said, within seconds, he just shows you what it is. <laughs> and what I was surprised about, because you know I watched it too, was that he kept showing it. Like this is after a few minutes, and then oh yeah, he, he, was, he was flashing that thing like the rent was due. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For a while there, I don't know if it's still this way, but you know how on YouTube, if you like hover over the thumbnail, it like moves a little. Like, yeah, like sometimes. Yeah, that's yeah, why so. I, I hate doing that because it'll go on your history. I'm like, but y'all didn't watch this. 
so as soon as you did that to that video, it would be his butthole. <laughs> it would be. But I don't know if they changed that or not yet. But good media. One that I've already seen. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so, I feel great to be supported by you as well as that you've watched something I've watched. <laughs> so my media is a book called The Marriage Act. In the future, marriages are being, and it's a fictional book, of course. Um, in the future, marriages are being pressed onto people. They get better jobs if they upgrade to a smart marriage. They pay less taxes. They get better houses. Everything revolves around the marriage. Okay. But it also allows the government to monitor you in your home. And if they think your marriage is on the rocks, they can <gasps> have you do mandatory therapy. And if it can't be saved, they can force you into a divorce. Uh, uh. Of course, a divorce is frowned upon. So people try not to be divorced. And if they are, they try to remarry fast. And the book is told through five different perspectives, uh, mainly five. There's a few other perspectives in there. But one is Roxy, a mom who wants to be an influencer, and she uses talking points of supporting the marriage act to achieve this. Two is Jeffrey. He's a relationship responder, and he can move in with couples to help them with their marriage if he wants to. Three is Corrine, a woman wanting to divorce, even though she knows the negative standings it would put her in. She also works for an organization that would repel the marriage act. And four is Arthur. He's an old man who's been married like 50 years. But his wife has dementia, and he knows if the government finds out, they would take her away and make him remarry someone else. And five is Anthony, and he just works for the government. And at first, it was like, there's too many characters. I'm not going to read this. But then I ended up really enjoying it. It's very much like Handmaid's Tale, if I were to compare it to another book. But I didn't really think Handmaid's Tale book was that interesting. But this book is. And oh, real quick. Have you ever watched the show? Oh, shit. I started the show. I saw season one, I believe. And I, then I read the book because I'm like, I love the show. And then I saw season two. And then I found out the bitch was a Scientologist. So I'm like, I can't watch this anymore. Well, damn. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. But the show was good from what I saw. All right. But, I just wanted to see how you felt regarding a book versus uh, the TV show. If you've seen them both. So I, I still haven't like, seen them, but I just wanted to put it on my list. I felt like the book was more... It set out the groundwork and it set out um, how the show was going to play out, but it didn't do as much. It didn't go into much as much as the TV show did. I think the TV show was a lot more interesting. Okay, but yeah, I just finished that book this week and I really enjoyed it. So it's my recommendation. All right, sounds like a good book. You know me. I'm. It takes me a minute to get to a book, but I, I feel like all your book rep recommendations. Yeah, I was about to say representations. All your book recommendations are ones that I eventually will read on the long list of books that I haven't started to read. <laughs> but you always have good, interesting like stories and synopsis for your books that make it like, oh, shit, I would want to read that one day. Thank you. When I become a bookfluencer, everybody's going to. I can't wait. I'm going I'm to lie. I'll be reading this shit before y'all even knew what <laughs> was promoting. I, I read all the books he said was good. Just imagine if I could just have a quote on someone's cover that says, hilarious. And then it just says my name, Jose. Like, that was so funny. So good. You know what's going to have to happen. What? I'm going to have to self-publish that romance novel. <laughs> 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 got to get this ball rolling. 
Now you know that's a shitty book that you wrote. If I'm like, I, I'm not gonna put my name. Yeah, I'm like, oh, like, <laughs> I finally got it for you. You read it, you're like, I'll do um, an anonymous quote. <laughs> you. Why, why don't we fake your death? Let's see if that helps. Oh my gosh, I just want you to put on Twitter. Be like, no, please don't. Never mind. That's you want me to fake your death? I was gonna say it as a joke, but I was like, not too many people <laughs> would maybe listen to the episode before they knew no. that it was a joke, and they still might think it's not. It just yeah. don't look right. That's just horrible. Oh, you and Susan should be best friends. Don't you ever say such blasphemy. <laughs> that bitch is ugh, like I did I I didn't know where that story was going because it, it was scandals. Like so I was I was waiting for something bad to happen. But I didn't want to be so mean, so I held back. But I'm like, <laughs> if this bitch don't get off the damn computer, she's saying people being rude to her and mean to her, but she just can't stop. And I was going to be fake dead. Ugh. I was trying to lead you to believe that the scandal was the book community. <laughs> I felt <laughs> it. And, but the thing where you, where I should have known is that when you were talking about it, you never said anything that the community was saying was bad. Like, yeah. That's, you didn't give that's any proof. <laughs> you were being very Colleen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the talks of gossip thing. Oh, time it to the talks and harass me for my past. <laughs> and thank you guys so much for listening to that episode. We've had a really good week with that episode and our love Pamela episode, which I loved. That really? So. I hope y'all loved the love Pamela episode because that book shall never get another read from me. <laughs> <laughs> But thank you guys so much for listening. It's been wonderful. I was gonna say talking to you, but I guess we just talked. You listened. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to reach out to us, our socials will be listed down below. If you want to leave us a rating, you can. If you want to leave us a one star, you can. But please just give a little information why you did. That'd be great. Thanks. It's been wonderful. Bye. Bye.